Thank you, Bridget. Uh, as I said, Paul, alcoholic addict. Um, I just love seeing a screen full of addicts and alcoholics from all over the world. It just reminds me I'm not alone and that alcoholism is not a curse. It is a gift that I have the choice of opening. You know, it is a beautiful gift in the ugliest wrapping paper. And, you know, through this program, I've been able to open, open that gift and work the 12 steps in an effort to save my life. But the really cool thing is the byproduct of that is not only was the desire to drink removed from me, but I get to use these tools in all these other areas of my life. Um, it's just, uh, it's so much different than I thought it would be. You know, I thought when I came into AA 18 years ago, my life was over. And in a way, part of my life was over, but another part of me was just being born. Um, a part of me, um, and there was another part of me that, that was just reemerging, that had hidden as a child. Um, I don't always talk about this in my, in my share, but I think a lot of people might be able to relate to this. Um, and that's a childhood sexual trauma. Um, I had a mother who was, um, crossed a lot of sexual boundaries uh, with me as a child. And she used uh, her access to my body as a mother um, to do the things that she did. And as a child, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I just buried it. But it affected me. Um, you know, when you're sexualized as a child, for, for many of us who exper experienced uh, childhood sexual violation, sex then becomes our drug. That then becomes the thing that we use to soothe ourselves. It's the weapon that was used against us. And then it also becomes the, our first drug. Um, and sex was my first, was my first drug. My first drug was, you know, charming the girls on, on my block to, you know, <clears throat> show me yours, I'll show you mine. And that, <clears throat> I, I think I've been chasing that high um, my, my whole life. Uh, and so when drugs and alcohol entered into the situation around 13 or 14, it was very much just kind of mixed in with this other pursuit of drugs. Uh, you know, the drug in my brain, the, the fantasy, uh, the validation of a girl wanting me. Um, and 
AA has helped me unpack so many things. Sorry that my brain is moving slow. I, I went to bed about two in the morning uh, and I woke up about uh, 10 minutes ago. Um, I thought I was a monster because the sexualized environment that my mother had created uh, one time aroused me. I was about 12 years old and there was no reason for her to be giving me a bath. I'd gotten some gravel in my, in my knee and she was like, well, let's get you in the bathtub and get that gravel out. And my first instinct was like, no, I'm, I'm thought to myself, I'm too old for that. And then I, and, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll put on a bathing suit. And, uh, and then I imagined her saying what she would always say if I would try to cover up if I was naked is she would chide me, you know, she would say, oh, it's nothing I haven't seen before. I saw your thing before you ever did. And so I didn't want to hear that. So I just got in the bathtub and I'm waiting for her to come in and I, and I got an erection. And, and I felt like a monster, you know, it wasn't until I was in therapy 10 years ago the therapist told me that's just your your body reacting to a sexually charged environment it had nothing to do with you you know having sexual desire for for your mother but the shame of that stuck with me for the next 40 years of my life and it wasn't until i got sober and had been sober for about 7 years in AA that I began to unpack all of this stuff. I found, I was married at the time and I found myself wanting to cheat on my wife. That, that, was, that was one of the addictions that has been one of the addictions that I have battled um, is infidelity and, and, and womanizing. And uh, the first seven years of my AA sobriety was not an issue at all. And then I found it coming, coming up again. And at that point, I was only uh, going to AA. And AA, as great as it is, does not address trauma. AA is very centered on um, the damage that we've done to others. And I needed another 12-step program to help me learn self-care. Um, a lot of people who experience sexual trauma as children, self-care is very difficult because in many ways, our bodies feel like a crime scene and we don't want anything to do with them. We don't want to floss. We don't want to make our bed. We don't want to do any of that stuff. And so I had to start going to another 12-step program, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, to begin to learn self-care and to go through withdrawal, the withdrawal period of refraining from pornography or um, womanizing or massage parlors or any of that stuff. And it was in that withdrawal that I got reintroduced to who I really was. That little boy inside of me that had retreated when he knew his mom was doing something that didn't feel right. Um, and that peeled away a layer of the onion that was so deep and so profound, yet also so painful. Because in that 
when I stopped numbing myself by acting out sexually, I began to feel my feelings. And this is true, I believe, in AA as well. That's why a lot of us, you know, begin to exercise compulsively or abuse sugar or do whatever when we're newly sober. Um, we begin to feel our feelings. And when I started going through withdrawal from acting out sexually, I really, really felt my feelings. And that was good and bad. It was bad in that it was agonizing, but it was good in that I got back into my body and I, my body began to become my friend again. It began to tell me information that I needed to know. And one of the most important bits of information it told me was, your mother does not feel safe. And I told her, and, and mind you, I had not given weight to all of the things that had happened to me. Um, they, they had just kind of been minimized and buried, which I guess a lot of uh, survivors do in childhood so they can focus and get on with their lives. Um, but my, my stomach would just begin to, to tell me, I'm drained. I don't want to be around this person. And I began to really kind of pay attention to her behavior. And, and I said to her, mom, I, I know that you want to have more of a relationship with me, but I don't feel safe around you. And she looked right through me. She didn't ask a question. She didn't respond. She just continued on as if I had said, you know, the sky is blue. And that was a turning point in, in my relationship uh, with her when the, you know, maybe a couple of months later, it all hit me. The pattern of all the stuff that she had done to me really hit me. I broke down and I started crying. And I went to my then wife and asked for a hug. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, my mom abused me. I was a good boy and I didn't deserve it. And, and I broke down and I cried as hard as I'd have ever cried. And my then wife said, I've been waiting 20 years for you to say that. She had been trying to convince me for 20 years. She said, I don't like your mom. She's creepy. I don't like the way she talks to you. I don't like the way she looks at you. But I was not ready for that truth yet. AA and SLAA had helped me peel away all these layers so that I could finally face the truth, which is she is a predator and you deserve better. And I cut her out of my life, not because of what she'd done, <clears throat> but because she refuses to change. She refuses to accept responsibility. One of the painful things that I have had to do is I have had to accept responsibility for my womanizing, for my pressuring women into having sex, for my objectifying them, uh, objectifying myself. Um, it, that's been really hard, uh, you know, in the, in the promises, it, it says, you know, we, we don't wish to shut the door on our past. Uh, there's a lot of times I do because I still feel shame over using women and, uh, and objectifying them and, you know, uh, damaging my, my marriage, uh, through infidelity and, we got divorced about four years ago. 
Um, and I don't have any desire to be back in that marriage. I'm, I'm, it was good that it split up, but I do feel guilt over the dishonest person that, that I was. And, you know, therapists will tell me, you know, it was a result of your trauma, you know, the acting out and this and that, but I have to accept some of the responsibility. I can't, every person who is traumatized sexually doesn't go and cheat on their spouse. Most of us do, or a lot of us do, but um, it's, it's in that gray area of, it's not all one, it's not all the other. And that is such a difficult thing for us as addicts and alcoholics, that nuanced thinking that somewhere between zero and 10, you know, we don't do five, we do zero or we do 10. And one of the things that, that I learned in SLAA was that for a lot of us who have been sexually violated, either as children or, or adolescents or even adults, is that we tend to do zero or 10 with our sexuality. We tend to, be, tend to either be sexually promiscuous or we tend to shut down sexually and become anorexic and socially anorexic as well. Turning down invitations to go hang out with people. Just it, the world outside our door doesn't feel safe. And that's something that I still struggle with today. I'm most comfortable sitting in front of my computer playing Civilization V and not dealing with the complexity of human beings um, or taking a nap with my dog who I can predict. I know what she's gonna be like. I know that she's gonna give me love. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, people are a lot more complicated, but in AA and SLAA, I've learned how to identify my needs by getting back into my body. I have learned oh, I don't like this situation, or oh, I do like this situation. And then I can begin to express my needs. I didn't even know I had needs until I was 50 years old. And I began to, to realize oh, I deserve to feel safe in this world. I deserve to be listened to by my partner. Uh, and the great thing about learning how to be intimate, not just sexually intimate, but physically and emotionally intimate. And I really learned, I began to learn it in AA, but I really learned it in SLAA. And I apologize if this feels like I'm, I'm selling SLAA. I'm not, this is just part of my, my growth and my experience there. But I learned what intimacy was. And I, and I realized that I didn't have intimacy in my marriage because I didn't feel safe enough to express my needs, I felt judged. And whether that's on my ex-wife or me, I don't know. But what I learned in SLAA was unconditional love. Being in a room full of people and sharing about having an erection in front of my mom it's a pretty vulnerable moment to share that and to cry talking about it. And I remember one time I was crying and talking about it and looking at my feet and thinking, oh my God. And, and, and also sharing about, you know, what a serial womanizer I was. And, and I thought none of the women in this meeting are ever 
going to speak to me again. And I looked up and they were crying with me. And I was blown away. And that began a new part of my life where I realized I'm not a monster. And one of them said to me after the meeting, you didn't do the things that you did because you're a terrible guy. You did them because of what happened to you as a child. And it's hard for me to take all of it in. I can tell you that about yourself, but it's hard for me because it feels like I'm, I'm shirking responsibility. But I broke down and I cried when, when she told me that. And that was the beginning of me thinking, what if I'm not a terrible person? What if I am worthy of love, all of me, not just the good parts, but all of me, the damaged parts, the ugly parts. And that safety I began to feel in that room, that became my home. I began to realize that there's nothing that I can't share there. And I also began to realize I don't feel that at home. I don't feel that with my wife. And I began trying to open up and it just did not feel safe. And I, and I eventually left that marriage because I felt like this is, this is not a chemistry that I want. And I can't blame it all on her because I, I violated her trust. I damaged that relationship. It's not, it's, it's just, it, it was what it was. And so um, in 2016, we, we broke up and in looking for, and it was good for me to be alone for a while um, because I needed to experience being by myself. And a lot of people are afraid of living alone and facing themselves. And there's a difference between solitude and loneliness. And I began to, to realize if I'm gonna get in another relationship, I need to be able to be myself and to feel love for who I am. And the woman that I've been with for three years, um, I got honest with her about what my past looked like. Um, and she, it didn't scare her away. And the intimacy that we experience today, it feels amazing because I know that she loves me for, for who I am. What I discovered about intimacy is that it begins with the willingness to have difficult conversations and to reveal parts of ourselves that we're afraid of being judged. And that it is impossible to have intimacy, romantic intimacy, long-term romantic intimacy without it. Um, I have to be willing to have those conversations as difficult as they are. And here's the good news. When I'm willing to say to somebody, hey, that thing that you just said really hurts my feelings and you've done it a lot. And I've asked you to not say that before. So I'm, I'm saying it again. 
please, you know, respect this or you know, whatever that conversation is. And the good thing about doing that is I'm comfortable as it is, is you put the ball in their court and you give them an opportunity to show their character by either respecting what you said or ignoring it. And in my marriage, it was ignored. And so I then had the information to say, this is not working, I'm gonna leave. In my relationship today, it's been respected and it's been listened to. And so I'm, I stay in this relationship because I feel safe and I feel seen and I feel heard. And all of this started with me drinking too much and not knowing how to stop. And by walking into that room on July 21st, 2003 and saying, I can't stop, please help me. All of this stuff has been peeled away and revealed to me. And I get to have this life where I get to talk to you guys. And I, I think that's all I got. So thanks for letting me share.